This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and I have a very special player interview today. Uh, We have a, probably you've seen him. If you're looking at like uh, counting stats and things of that nature within the nation, you see this gentleman's name all over all these different um, statistical profiles and things like that. Stands at about six foot seven, 220 pounds. He's out of Kent, Washington. He's a junior for the Pepperdine Waves. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome my very special guest. Michael Ajayi. Michael, did I get the last name pronunciation right there? Yeah, perfect, man. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. Just uh, getting ready to play Colorado on Sunday. So just practicing every day, you know, getting shots up. That's about it. All right. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game. I can't wait to watch that. Colorado's got some hoopers on that squad, so it's going to be a fun, fun matchup for you for sure. Um Michael, I talked to you a little bit about this before we started recording. Uh, I'll let you know. Usually I'm pretty well prepared for these interviews because I, I like to take my time, scour the Internet. I scour for interviews, things of that nature. But there is just not much information out there for you, man. And based on how you're performing this year, you would figure that there would at least be something on you from like your high school days, things like that. There's a little bit of JUCO information for you, but. There's just not much out there. So I think this would be like the perfect opportunity, not only for the audience who consists of, you know, people all around the basketball community, but even for myself, just to learn more about you. So, uh, Michael, if you can start a little bit for us, like, can you talk to me about playing at Kentwood High School? Like what it was like for you, um, you know, maybe your starting height, the positions you played, things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, I went to Kentwood High School. Uh, I was in uh, Covington, Washington. Um, You know, my sisters went there, and, you know, I I wanted to go there too. But uh, going to my freshman year, uh, you know, yeah, I was starting at 5'7", you know. I was really small, short, skinny. Um, So I knew I I wasn't going to make, you know, the varsity team. So I was was, uh, playing C-team that year. Um, 
I was actually playing the two guard, uh, the point guard, shooting guard position. So, um, you know, just practicing. You know, I still love the game. I was, you know, uh, in there practicing with my guys. And then it was – team didn't really go too well. You know, we didn't really win as much. But, you know, I was going to sophomore year with high hopes, trying to make the JV team or the varsity team. Um, so, you know, sophomore year comes around. Um, I grew to, like, 5'10", not that much of a, you know, difference. Um Got cut from my varsity team. Uh, Nate mm. JV, though, <laughs> you know, so. There you go. Yeah, and then, you know, I was hooping there for a little bit, you know, doing good. Um, going through my junior year, I, you know, I was really having high hopes there, too, uh, making the varsity team, but I got cut again from there. Uh, I was still hooping. Uh, I grew to, like, 6'2", my junior year. Um, let me, sorry, my, yeah, to my junior year, 6'2", to 6'3". You know, I was, you know, trying to grind for that varsity spot, you know. So yeah, keep working, keep working. Um, got to my junior year, I made the uh, the summer league team for you know Kenwood High School. I made the summer league team from the varsity squad. I thought I was gonna, you know, make it. Uh, but you know, you know, the season uh, came around and they chose a high school football uh, quarterback uh, for my position, and I was Man. like devastated. It was it was it was either gonna be me or him to make the varsity spot, but they chose him over me, and I was kind of shocked because I've been uh, in the program for a while and yeah, you know, I was gonna make it, but you know uh, when I got cut, you know I instantly like you know it was about to cry, you know I went to my dad crying a little bit, um, asking him if I wanted, you know, can I still play the game, you know, like because that really hurt. Um, Cause you know sure. everyone, everyone makes fun of you because you're gonna be a JV on junior. So it's like, ah, oh, like, that's a, so embarrassing. But you know, uh, a couple of days went by, cried a little bit in my room, um, sucked it up. I was like, man, I still love the game, man. I'm just keep grinding, you know, uh, keep grinding for that varsity spot. Um, going to my sum, going to my summer of uh, my senior year, I grew to like six five. And okay. And you know you can't you can't get cut when you're six five. That's nah, too big, you know, man. Too big. So <laughs> I went I went in there. You know, everyone was like, "Oh my God, Mike, you got so tall, you got so big." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," but they didn't know I got some skill with it too. So yeah, uh, senior year I tried out. You know, obviously made varsity. Um, average around like eleven points, eight rebounds. Um, but like no one really knew me. You know, I was really under the radar. Um, that COVID, that COVID, uh, year really helped me. I feel like, you know, I was grinding every day, like after the junior year of my season, grinding every day, my dad built a court right next to his house. And I told him that, like, I really want to be great at this, like at basketball. So I'm just gonna, I was playing every day in the hot summer, you know, hot, hot, uh, hot sun, just getting burnt out there. But, um, there you go. Yeah. Senior year came through. And, you know, I didn't have no offers from anywhere, not even Juco offers, but only one, mm. Chris College. And shout out to Brian, shout out to Coach Hart, Coach Wright. You know, they all believed in me and my abilities, you know. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, man. I mean, again, looking for any sort of information for you, the only thing that I found was Juco. And you brought up Pierce College uh, in the state of Washington where you grew up, right? 
Uh, can you speak a little bit to the level of competition that that players compete against in the JUCO? Because sometimes I feel like because it's not the NCAA Division One basketball, it's easily dismissed. But there is no shortage of pro players who have spent a little bit of time in the JUCO. So can you talk to me about what it's like playing JUCO basketball? Well, yeah, everyone thinks like JUCO is like the bad route to go to. I feel like JUCO gives you a real good opportunity to get better like in your game. So, yeah, the players there, they're really good. I mean, they're the best at their high schools. It's the same thing, you know, in D1 level, but um, a little bit shorter, a little bit not, not as fast, I would say, but they're all can hoop. Like, yeah, you'd be surprised. You go to that gym, there's someone averaging 20 points. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was just going against them every day, you know, double teams, triple teams. So it's kind of, and you scout the same way as a, uh, as you're playing D1 level, you know, the, at the Juco mm-hmm. level, just, you know, um, just not more uh, athletic guys, you know what I'm saying? But it's still a high level, you know, you still got to compete. You still got to go out there, work hard. You can't just, you know, jog through emotions. You still got to just put the work in and, you know, you'll see the results. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For sure. So, I mean, I'm looking at your stats, right, um, from your last season at Pierce College. You averaged over 22 points per game, almost 13 rebounds, three assists. Your shooting splits were like 48% from the floor overall, 36% from deep, 74% from the line. You played more than 34 minutes per game. Uh, Looking back, you scored in single digits only three times, and in two of those three games, your team lost. So that just speaks to the level of impact that you had, right? Um, do you, you kind of spoke to it a little bit, but your, your time at Pierce seemed to kind of prep you for where you were ready to come into the NCAA and and be the player that you're at now, because I mean, your, your numbers are actually pretty similar in D one basketball for Pepperdine compared to what they were at Pierce. So it it just seemed like it was like the perfect environment for you to kind of cultivate your game. Right. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I want to give thanks to coach Hart, my, uh, my trainer, um, yeah, I mean, I just have the same passion and motor when I came into the D1 level. Um, just try to get as much rebounds as possible. You know, the points, the, my coach said, the, if you get a lot of rebounds, you know, the points is going to come. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I wasn't really worried about getting, like, buckets or, any, or anything. I was just trying to get, like, defense and rebounding. And I, one thing about the Juco level, you get a lot of reps like a lot of reps. So you can mess up as much as you can and, you know, get get better. Um, so, yeah, and I just, you know, those two years just prepping me to, uh, you know, focus on the, the little things, you know, defending, getting rebounds, blocking shots, you know, going uh, again to my shots, my spots, sorry, my spots, and then, you know, passing to your teammates for the wide open shots. So you get a lot of reps and a lot of uh, knowledge about the game as you, you know, play. And I think people sometimes underestimate the value of getting those reps. Sometimes I think players want to go to D1 so bad just because that 
it's the the prestige of the school but you know you're you're getting recruited with you know 14 other guys and you're not guaranteed to get playing time even in follow-on season so the reps that you're getting are in practice right against against your your own teammates but for someone like you Michael and, and Juco you're going up against the best of the, that that league had to offer and you were getting those those much needed repetitions and obviously it's translated very well now how did your how did your program respond to you making the jump to Pepperdine um they you know they always believed in me and my abilities you know at first they're probably like they wanted to see what I could do you know like mm-hmm. if, if it could really translate to the the, the, the division one level and you know at first you know I came in you know uh just dribbling a little bit too much that was kind of my you know what I needed to work on but you know as the the day uh you know goes on you know I started you know making less dribbles making smarter passes um and also the in the weight room I was really disciplined in the weight room and um Mm. trying to get better in the weight room as much as possible because you know at the P1 level, people were strong and athletic, so I wanted to get my athleticism up um, and just my speed, you know. But, you know, the coaches always believed in me. Um, you know, as shout out to Isaiah Thomas. He's the one who actually uh, referred mm. me to Coach Romar to, for him to pick me up. So Coach Romar didn't even know who I was even before, you know, Isaiah Thomas. So um, just shout out to him for that. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so speaking of Isaiah Thomas, I saw – uh, people like him, people like your teammate Houston Millet, they they refer to you as Marathon. Can you talk to me a little bit about where where that nickname comes from? Well, yeah, I mean, before before I went to Pepperdine, it was Mister Everything because you know I was okay. Like, I do everything on the stat the stat sheet. But when I got to uh, Pepperdine, you know, they seen my my work ethic, you know, my mindset. You know, I wasn't really playing, so like. We have this conditioning test called the the, the mile. You know, you have to run four laps around the track, and mm-hmm. and then uh, you know I ran it, and they were like, "This guy's like going really fast, like he's going through it." <laughs> like, and then they're just saying marathon, that's marathon, Mike. And there you uh, go. I got a five oh seven mile time, and I I was like first out of all my teammates. Um, and so they were just like, "This guy just keeps pushing; he never gives up." Um, so I, that's where I get the marathon and, you know, Nipsey Hussle, a really good artist. He's really about the marathon. The marathon continues, you know, always don't quit, you know, uh, don't give up, just keep working. And yeah, so that's where I got it. I, I love that. I love that, man. It just kind of speaks to, to, to the character you have kind of coupled along with how talented you are as a basketball player. All right. So. Let's talk about what you're doing at Pepperdine right now. You're averaging close to 19 points per game, shooting over 50% from the floor. You're shooting 50% from deep as well. Um, how do you go about kind of picking this, the shots that you take? Because it seems like you can kind of you're you're a little bit of like a multi-level scorer, right? So, what's your mentality like? What are you looking at um, with within the defense to let you know that the shot might be available to you? Um. Well, yeah. So. I always want to be aggressive, you know. I don't want to settle for shots, except my mid range. You know, if I get to my mid range, it's it's a done deal. I feel like, but yeah, I always want to attack the basket. I want to shoot the open three. You know, I want I want to shoot the the I want to get the greatest shot I can get. You know, out of the okay. offense. I don't want to settle for a three where you know, it's a it's a it's a three point 
it's a three point. You get three points out of it, but you know what's the percentage? But um, yeah, I also want to find my teammates too. You know, so I just drive. You know, get the defense on me and kick it to my teammates for like a wide open three. So um, yeah, you know, uh, I get to my spots. You know, around the uh, the mid range area and the high post area, and you know, go to work. Um, yeah, basically, you know, even when I get to my three, you know, I, you know, I, I'm a, I get, a, I have a set shot, so it's a little slow yep. to, uh, you know, release. But um, when I get enough time and space to shoot it, you know, it, it goes in. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and you you talked about your your passing a little bit too, and I feel like you're obviously asked to do a lot of scoring. I mean, you're you're a top ten scorer in all of college basketball this year, right? Yeah. So that's obviously what what the team is asking of you. Do you feel like you are able to facilitate a little bit more, like if the uh, like if the situation kind of would dictate? Yeah, I'm, I'm always I'm always looking uh, to you know find an open dude. You know, one of my assistant coaches uh, always in my ear to make the uh, that one more pass. You know, in the corner. Okay. So, um, I'm always you know listening to him. You know, taking notes. Um, as the season goes on, I know there's probably probably going to be some more double teams coming. So. Obviously, you know, I'm going to hit the, you know, the open guy and, you know, get some, get my teammates going before me. So that's, that's what I like. Okay, that's fair. Uh, if if I may, Michael, so I floated your name around to a lot of people who I respect in the scouting community. And a lot of people speak glowingly of your offense. But, you know, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the website like Bar Torvik. But one thing that is like constantly is like Michael is really, really good. I just wish that he would kind of improve this one area. And that's like your free throw rate attempt, right? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if that's something that's being communicated to you throughout the season or whatever, but do you feel like that's just like your style of play? Do you feel like it's um, just kind of early in the season? What? How do you How do you go about like potentially even looking to draw contact to get to the free throw line? Like what's your thought process on that? Well, um, yeah, I, I've been looking at that like, why, why haven't I got to the free throw line as much as I want? <laughs> because in JUCO, I was like, I was the leading guy to get to the free throw line. I was like, absolutely, am I not getting much, you know, to the get to the line? But I feel like, you know, I just, you know, I fight through contact a lot. You know, I don't really flop. You know, I don't really, I just, you know, stuck through the contact. Um, I could, I could probably, you know, attack uh, my guy more. I feel like just, you know, keep going through the contact and then going through him. But, yeah, I'm just – I think it's still early in the season. Um, there's still a lot of more games to happen. So, I'm not really worried about that, you know. I'm not either. Like, I've been floating your name out a lot. I, I love your style of play, man. I think that you're doing a tremendous job this year. And talking a lot about your offense, you mentioned the rebounding earlier. I mean, you're you're at the top of the rebounding ranks too. So, not only are you a talented scorer – you attack the ball whenever it's up as well. What? Yeah. Why do you think rebounding comes so easy to you? Like, do you are you just? It looks like you have a great read for angles of when the ball is coming off the rim. Right. You you have great anticipation. Like, why why are you so good at rebounding, Michael? Um, I think I think it stems from the JUCO level. Um, one of my coaches, Coach Wright, you know, he would always like praise you know getting rebounds like you know and you know at first i was like man you know they, they shoot bad shots and uh, i don't want to get the rebound i don't want to waste my energy but 
Like when you like actually try to crash every single time, there's so many opportunities to affect the game, impact the game um, on both ends of the floor, offensive and defensively rebounding. Um, so, you know, I got a lot of reps just trying to rebound the ball as much as I can. Um, and I, I find it like I'm like I get really happy, you know, when I get rebounds, like almost like scoring the ball, you know, because yeah. I get a chance to, you know, get an opportunity to to get a bucket for my team or to dish it out to my uh, my guards and they can get a bucket. So, you know, it's just, you know, I just I just fell in love with rebounding, you know. Um, yeah, that's about, that's about it. Okay, I love that. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that you brought it up because it looks like your rebounding is just like you know what you're going to do next, whether you're going to put it back up immediately, kick it back out to an open man, or on the on the defensive rebound, right? You're you're pushing the break. You you want to push that action. So I love to see that from you. So let me talk to you a little bit about the other side of the ball, Michael. Right now, synergy grades you out in the 64th percentile defensively. You're averaging about a steal and a half per game. That steal rate is up to two two point five and a block rate of one point one. Right? I don't yeah. think that you're necessarily looking to put up numbers, uh, like just going out there. Uh, defensively and looking to be like overly aggressive because it looks like you play well within the confines of the team uh, scheme on defense. But what are you looking to do on defense? Like when you when you're lined up, what's your what's your man to man mentality like on defense? Man to man, um, to to stop my man. Like I don't want him to score on me. Like I feel like someone scoring on you is just like ah man, he got one on me. I I hate that feeling when some, when someone scores on me. So I just try to like be as solid as possible, uh, be in the gaps as much as possible. Um, you know, just, you know, having the, you know, mama mentality of just, you know, being being your best at both ends of the floor. You know, I don't want it to be a good offensive offensive player. I also want to be a good def defensively player too. So just looking for those steals and those blocks really, you know, will really affect the team and the game in a positive way. So I just want to, you know, do that for my team. Okay, I, I love that. So, Michael, I'm going to ask you one more uh, basketball kind of like NBA related question. Then we'll have a little bit of fun to close out the interview here. All right. So I believe your ultimate long term goal based on everything that I'm hearing about you today and what I'm seeing on the floor, like ultimate goal is the NBA. Would I be correct in assuming that? Yeah, I mean, that's the dream. I really want to make the NBA. That's that's the lifetime dream. So, yeah, there you go. So if if an NBA team is looking at, at Michael Ajayi and they're wanting to invest draft capital in them, what could they expect to get out of you? Just a, a guy that works really hard. And I, one thing I really, you know, proud of myself is being coachable, you know, uh, you know, I'm really a team guy, you know, and I also like, I listen to like the coach says anything. I will listen to him, you know, I do the best, uh, uh, my abilities to, you know, do my job in my role. Um, he's going to, they're going to get a good, it's a good guy in general. Um, a funny guy. Um, yeah, just someone that I want to work hard every day, you know, cause you know, I really didn't, you know, come from a lot in high school. So it's just, it gave me, it gave me a chip on my shoulder and just every day I just want to, you know, get to it. So they're going to get, they're going to get a, just, you know, a great guy in general. Yeah, I, I mean, in the short time of getting to speak to you, man, like that definitely uh, oozes out in the conversation that we have. I, I I would definitely back that notion. All right, so, Michael, let's have a little bit of fun. What was your favorite team growing up? Lakers. 
Lakers. Lakers. Kobe Bryant, yeah, eleven. What What was it about Kobe that stood out to you? Because I feel like there's Kobe fans, and then there were people who couldn't stand Kobe Bryant. So why did you fall on the on the fandom side of Kobe Bryant? I just love how his game and like his work work ethic. You know, uh, you know, every day, you know, even before games, I go on YouTube and search up Kobe mentality. Uh, um, you know, highlights and, you know, motivational uh, videos and just, it just pumps me up the way he just, he talks, just like how he, uh, you know, get, um, works on his game and every day he's just trying to get better in his mentality. Um, I just love it, you know, um, even before, when, when I was a kid, you know, my dad, he loved him too. So he passed the Kobe, uh, the Kobe fan uh, on to me. So I just wanted, you know, just to see what his game was like. And after that first game I watched him, I just fell in love with him. Okay. Who got you into basketball? Uh, I say my dad. Uh, yeah, I love my dad. Uh, he got, like, even when I was born, he put a basketball in my hands. Um, I took basketball seriously when I was, like, going to high school. But he, he yeah. just put the basketball in my hands. You know, we, we go to the park a lot, um, work on my game. So it's just my dad always loved basketball. When he came to uh, America from Nigeria, he just he wanted me to play basketball. So that's awesome stuff, man. All right. So what's your favorite basketball shooter wear? Um, I would say Kobe's. You know. Okay. Yep, they're probably the best basketball shoe ever. Um, yeah, but or, or the GT cuts or the Paul Georges and stuff like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. What's your favorite food to eat? Favorite food? Uh, I'll say like any type of like rice, like jollof rice and like fried love rice. Some rice, yeah. Just some good like rice with chicken or something like that, or like pasta, like Alfredo. I like that. Ooh, yeah, big pasta fan. We we make a lot of pasta here at home. And my wife the other day we made some uh some beef stew with some rice in it. It was super oh. good. Good yeah, stuff. Gotta... All right, um. Oh, dude, yeah, for real. Anytime, anytime. All right, sure. um, let me ask you this. When you're not playing basketball, what do you like to do? Um, right. Uh, I like to hang out with my friends, um, you know, go go see a movie, you know, chill. I really don't really go outside. So I just be chilling in my room, you know, play the game with my friends, um, you know, watch football, basketball, and, yeah, that's about it. Okay, so you go to the movies. Any movies that you've seen lately that you've really liked? Well, I have not been to the movies in a while. I'm not going to lie. Uh, okay. <laughs> basketball taking up all my time. But one movie I would want to watch is like the Hunger Games, the new Hunger Games. That's, that's oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it. My wife is a big Hunger Games fan. She's like read all the books and stuff like that. Yeah. I think she get. I think she gave the new the new book an endorsement. So we're probably going to see the movie sometime soon. Yeah, man, it's going to be good. That's going to be good. For sure. All right, Michael, I just want to thank you for your time. I know that you got a lot going on. You're getting ready to go and beat Colorado, so that's going to be awesome. So before I let you out of here, I just want to give you an opportunity to to share anything that you have going on, any final comments that you might want to put out, anything like that. Um, I just want to say thank you for letting me uh, you know, be on your platform. And for everyone who's watching, uh, just know you don't see Michael Ajaya like very soon. You'll you'll know about me a little bit soon. So just you know, keep that in mind.
For sure. And and I'll go ahead and plug the show here in a second, but they could fully expect a, a feature piece centered around you, Michael, uh, featuring, you know, some some snippets from our interview today. But um, I would just want to thank you so much for your time. I know that you're very busy. Um, anytime I get to interact with, you know, uh, a great guy who's also a really good basketball player, uh, it really motivates me to continue doing what I'm doing. So I just want to thank you so much for your time. But um, for everybody watching, listening, uh, thank you so much for doing so. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Be sure to go to NoCeilingsNBA.com for all of our year-round draft coverage. Please consider subscribing to No Ceilings Plus. We got a few articles out there. Our guy Tyler Rucker just put out a uh, scouting notebook piece. So please consider doing that. But Michael, again, thank you so much for your time, man. And uh, we'll be looking forward to watching you uh, go up and, and do your thing against Colorado. Yeah, thank you, man. Really appreciate your time, for real. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Much love, everybody.